guest is connected. Well, if you ask me where I come from, here's what I tell everyone. I was born by God's dear grace in an extraordinary place where the stars and stripes and the eagle fly. It's another hour of What's On Your Mind. Hi, everybody. This is Scott Hennon along with Kevin Flynn. Getting to it today on the program. Another hour of Blizzard Radio. Yeah, we'll get you updated on road conditions as needed here today. The Blizzard is supposed to wind down afternoon, but it's still going pretty good today. I dare say uh, even from when we started today, Kev, that uh, visibility is a little bit reduced in town. Um, oh, yeah. but We didn't have the snow totals on the north edge of the thing that we thought we were going to have, but uh, we definitely got the uh, wind out of it. Exactly right. And So uh, there's that. And we are expected to have a, um, um, a, a lessening as we go closer to noon of the of all of it, but it's uh, it's still gonna be a bit of a cleanup. So, uh, be careful if you're out there, and uh, certainly in town, different than outlying areas, and that'll be the case for a while today. Representative Walter Hudson is with us. He is a Republican in the state uh, House of Representatives in Minnesota. Talk about something that is got uh, a lot of small employers concerned, and that's uh, employer mandates. Representative Hudson, thanks for taking the time for us. How are you? I'm doing well, all things considered. Glad to be with you. Is it a little frustrating there in the Minnesota legislature for a Republican? <laughs> I'll tell you, it's it's definitely frustrating to go in every day knowing that the uh, the ball is going to be moved in the wrong direction towards your uh, end zone. But um, it's still fun to get in the fight, and I'm still having fun doing it. And it's a pleasure and an honor to say what's true and fight for what's right even as the other side is in control. Yeah, good for you. Is there any sense that some of these, I'll just say it, crazy things that they're ramming through are going to have a political cost at some point to them? Does there any, any you sense any hesitation whatsoever to say, I know we can do this, but should we do this? Yeah, it's, it is noteworthy that they don't seem to have any concern about political blowback whatsoever. And and I compare and contrast it to the way that at least my perception has been of how Republicans have operated themselves, where you know, it seems very much like when we get in charge, all of a sudden we freeze up and don't do anything because for fear that we're going to be taken out in the next election. And then it ends up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because people actually want you to do something. Um, with the Democrats, it seems to be totally the opposite. Like they feel like they have a mandate to go full crazy um, with no real consideration of even what their own voters think about particular things. You know, I, I think the last time we chatted, we talked about their abortion bill and how extreme that is and how it's completely out of alignment with what even their own side says that they want. Um, but they just feel like they have full license to go with the most extreme version of all of their ideas. Interesting. And full crazy is uh, certainly a good description for the uh, paid family medical leave act, right? No doubt. No doubt. You're talking about, and and this is probably the crown jewel of their employee mandates, employer mandates that they're putting through. There's a couple other ones that are uh, making their way through the process as well. One of them has already been passed off the House floor. That's the earn safe and sick time. Uh, 
So they've got earned safe and sick time, where you accrue time that you can take off in order to be safe and be sick, apparently. And then they've got a pregnancy leave bill that's making its way through the process. And then on top of both of those, they have this paid family medical leave. And the paid family medical leave is basically, it's a scheme that works sort of like unemployment insurance, where it's funded through a payroll tax that's split between the employer and the employee. But then what it provides for is any employee being able to accrue and take up to 24 weeks off every year. Uh, which, you know, if you're keeping count, that's half the year that you can potentially take off. And they split in these categories of family leave, which they broadly define. You, you could make the argument based upon the language that anybody is your family. If you like somebody enough, you can call them family. And if, if they need your help, you can take 12 weeks off. Um, and then if you get a doctor to sign off on a medical excuse for you not to work, you can take another 12 weeks off. And as I read it, there's a separate 12-week pool of time off that you can take for um, if you're in the National Guard or something like that, which, of course, we all support that. Um, but theoretically, you could have a situation where, where somebody could take 36 weeks off if they qualified for the, the military leave, the family leave, and the medical leave. And so to me, it's, it's not like the cost is one thing. And that's where a lot of people go to is like, this is going to cost so much money to fund this. And there's a lot to be said in the cost department. But to my mind, the big problem with this is the operational impact. So this, this is going to apply to every single employer in the state. And when you think about what that means, your city is an employer. Your school district is an employer. The county is an employer. My city, I live in Albertville. We're a small bedroom community. Um, I was on the city council for seven cumulative years. Every year we would have an audit and, one, and they would always find the same finding, which is something like lack of segregation of financial responsibility, which is a fancy way of saying we have one person who does a lot of pe people's jobs. Um, our city administrator is also our city engineer. Our finance director is the money gal. She handles all the money stuff. Now, that's not a best practice. You should have more than one person handling your money stuff, but we're not a big city. We can't afford to hire a bunch of people. So it is what it is. If our finance director were to take 24 weeks off half the year, even if we found somebody else who on paper was better qualified than her to do the job, they still wouldn't be able to provide the continuity of service because they don't know where the filing cabinets are. They don't know. They don't know all the passwords. They don't know where the spreadsheets are, in which folders, and what have you. There's a certain degree of institutional knowledge that employees gain over time that has this intangible value that you can't just hand over to somebody else. And so, this is going to create potentially huge operational impacts on employers across the state, and it's going to be particularly devastating to small employers, whether that be a small business, a corner store or a small city, a small county, a small school district. It's nuts. Wow. Nuts is the word, that's for sure. You mentioned earlier the cost. What is the cost? Well, I don't have the fiscal note in front of me, but you can you can bet it's going to be a significant amount of money. Um, the, the interesting thing about the cost is that, so the proponents of the proposal will claim that it's it's not that much money in the long run, 
um, and that not a lot of people are going to use it. They, they'll, they'll point to statistics that suggest that uh, only 6% of people are going to make use of this benefit um, to, the, to the degree of taking a full 24 weeks off, which all of that raises the question of, okay, if not a lot of people are going to use it, then why do we need it? Number one. But number two, w- w- why are we taxing everybody then? So you're going to tax you know, 93% of people so that 6% can take some time off. So what is Why? that? What is that funding is what I'm getting at. What is that? What is, I mean, in other words, if I take 24 weeks off, how am I getting paid? You're getting, so it's similar to unemployment insurance. So okay. they'll have this payroll tax that every, every paycheck that anyone gets will have a certain percentage taken out to fund this, this paid family medical leave pool of money. And then when somebody takes the 24 weeks off or however much time they take off, they'll get paid out of that fund up to 90% of what they would be making otherwise. Well, I think it's a lot more than 6% that are going to take advantage of that. That's like a, that's like a freebie. Hey, give me 24 right. weeks and pay me 90% of my salary. Well, especially if when, when you take into consideration the fact that you're paying for it, right? Like if I know I see on my paycheck every couple of weeks or every week or however often I get paid that this chunk of money that I earned, um, I'm not getting, yeah, I, what, what, I'm just going to let that go out the door. I'm not going to take advantage. I'm not going to take the opportunity to get some of that back. And that's how people are going to view it. They're going to view it as, well, I paid in, so I might as well take my time off. Yeah. So it's, it's really impossible to know fiscally what this thing is going to end up costing. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and that's, <laughs> That's the that's the thing with a lot of their proposals. A lot of things they've been pushing through, we have these things called fiscal notes. So what a fiscal note is, is you write a bill, and then the Department of Budget and uh, Management, whichever department it is, they, they crunch the numbers and they come up with this fiscal note that's supposed to tell you what the financial impact of your bill is going to be. Hold that thought. And, you, hang on. Yep. Uh, Representative Walter Hudson with us, a Republican of the uh, State House in Minnesota, talking about full-on crazy employer mandates. More on this after this time out. Don't go away. I'm about to make you hungry. It's my job. Petro Surf USA. That is what you do. It is, yeah. They're cooking up the goods today. Tater Tot Hot Dish at the 45th location in Fargo. Sweet and Sour Chicken in Yulin. Glendon has Swedish meatballs today. Petro Surf USA. Salisbury Steak at MP Avenue, downtown Fargo location, PetroServe USA. Lasagna with garlic bread, 12th Avenue and I-29, West Main Avenue, West Fargo. Scallop potatoes or chicken fried steak. There you go. PetroServe USA, home cooking, grab-and-go convenience. Uh, I-94, westbound only. Westbound only, Jamestown to Bismarck is open. All other highways are closed. Last night remained closed on the uh, traffic report. We're going to chat with... Dean Waisaki, our chief meteorologist, as well as um, North Dakota Highway Patrol update as well on these road conditions coming up in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Plus, uh, Marcus Wagner, director of workforce development, the University of Mary. We'll talk workforce today on the program. Continuing our chat now with uh, Representative Walter Hudson, uh, Republican of the House of Representatives in uh, Minnesota. Okay, so we were we were talking talking before we had to um, pause you there regarding. Uh, the fiscal side of this. What else did you want to say there? Well, yeah. So I was explaining that when we when a when a bill gets authored in the legislature, 
um, it produces what's called a fiscal note, which is the the analysts, the uh, accountants that are hired by the legislature go through and crunch the numbers and try to come up with an estimate of how much a bill is going to cost. And traditionally, the way this process is supposed to work is you're supposed to wait until you have that fiscal note before you start advancing bills through committees, because how can you have a meaningful deliberation about a policy if you don't know how much it's going to cost? Pretty pretty reasonable, pretty logical. But of course, because the Democrats are in complete control of everything and they want to get as much done as possible, they've been forgoing many traditions, and one of them is waiting for fiscal notes. So this paid family medical leave bill um, that's going to be extraordinarily impactful on the state of Minnesota and every employer, including cities, school districts, counties, everyone, has been making its way through committees and getting voted out of committees in spite of the fact that we don't know how much it's ultimately going to cost. Now, that said, I did I did try to look at it during the break. There still is no fiscal note for paid family medical leave, um, but there are some estimates out there of how much it's going to cost. And the accepted uh, estimate is that it's going to be $1 billion in payroll taxes that are going to need to be raised in order to fund this thing. So that's $1 billion coming out of the bottom line of employers and employees. In other words, all of us, because we all work for somebody or employ somebody. So $1 billion of our dollars is going to go into this fund in order to enable people to take up to 24 weeks off every year to sit at home and do whatever, rather than producing things. Yeah, I mean, and, and everything you've said just causes me to shake my head. And we haven't really talked about the impact on employers here. You're obviously talking about the financial side of this, but, uh, you know, okay, if somebody says I'm leaving for 24 weeks, and, you know, what do I do? I'm a person that has 10, 12 people working here. I'm, I can't do without that person. I've got to go find somebody. Right. Not easy to do, A. And B, what am I supposed to do with that person then when uh, Mr. 24 Weeks, I'm, le- I'm out of here, comes back, right? That's just it. That's just it. This, this is going to create a culture of temporary employment. So you're right. You've got an operation that requires, using your example, 12 employees. One of them, you know, and, and this is an optimistic estimate, right? One of the 12 decides that they're going to take their 24 weeks off. Now you've got to go hire somebody to replace that one person for those 24 weeks. And when those 24 weeks are up, you have to lay off the person who you hired. Um, now, that's, that's actually an incredibly ideal hypothetical scenario. Far more likely is that you have, say, six of your 12 employees take anywhere between one to 24 weeks off, and they're going to do it intermittently. They're not going to do it all at once. They're going to do it here, there, and everywhere. And so every week, week to week, you're going to be dealing with which one of my 12 employees is not going to be in here today, and how do I fill their spot with somebody new who doesn't know the job and has no reason to come in, has no motivation to be here because they know that as soon as the other person comes back, I'm going to have to get rid of them. It's a complete hodgepodge of nonsense. It's an operational disaster, and the Democrats are moving forward with it full steam ahead. I wanted to ask you about one other thing on the list of reasons you can uh, take this leave, paid family medical leave. We've heard a lot about sick time, uh, pregnancy leave. What's safe time? (laughs) That's a great question. I don't know. 
apparently to to listen to them talk about it it's this is basically snowflake time that's that's the way i would describe it is you don't have an articulable reason you don't have a reason that you could put into words as to why you need to take time off but you just need to feel safe today i don't feel safe today i i need to get away i need to collect myself i need to spend some time sniffing the daisies uh, I need to get back. I need to reconnect with nature, my safe time. That's how I read it, is that it's basically just miscellaneous time off. Wow. You know, uh, one thing I think uh, is safe to say, there'll be a few businesses exiting Minnesota. And uh, certainly the, bo- the border states, uh, that's a little easier to do than, than anywhere else. But, you know, th- this cannot have a positive impact on the long-term business community in Minnesota. This is going to hollow out Minnesota. It's going to hollow it out. 158 businesses in the Brainerd Lakes area sent a letter to the governor and the legislator saying, if you do this, we're done. Like, this is going to destroy, not just we are done as businesses, you are going to destroy our communities because the the businesses are the beating heart of the communities. Businesses are how people make their living. And so if you destroy the businesses, you destroy the communities, you destroy the families, you destroy the history, you destroy the culture. This is a declaration of war on greater Minnesota and on small town, small town Minnesota, rural Minnesota. Um, and, and that's the way they're filling it up north with the Iron Range. They've already had what was going to be the third largest private investment um, in the state of Minnesota, pull up roots and leave the state, make the decision that they can't handle it anymore. They cried uncle. They tapped out because of what the Democrats are doing in this state. This is real. This is not politics. Politics is one thing. And we're all used to hearing political people such as myself making political arguments about why you should come out and vote for me and not vote for the other guy. This is beyond that. This is no longer about politics and and merely about elections and who's in charge and who wins and who loses. This is about the survival of Minnesota as such. The Minnesota, what, what the Minnesota Democrats are doing, and Tim Walls in particular, is they're looking to the West Coast, they're looking to California, and they're not seeing a cautionary tale, which is what I see and what you see. They see a challenge. They're like, we can do better than them. We can go even further down the crazy road than they're going. And for Tim Walls in particular, I believe he's auditioning to secede Joe Biden as president of the United States. Oh, my gosh. And so he, 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 wants to, he wants to be able to make the claim that he's doing better, quote unquote, better than California in all of these loony categories. Right, you got a good theory Whether there. You've got a good theory because it's certainly a head scratcher why he'd do what he's doing. And the Democrats rushing this through before there's any opponents. It's amazing. Hey, we'll have you back. Always appreciate your explanations and uh, keep the good fight. Walter Hudson, Minnesota legislator. Thank you. Take care.